Hello everyone, uh, my name is John McKellar. I'm back with the, back with Jason for the, the second half of tonight's interview. It's, uh, the first one that we were supposed to have at half nine was postponed, I believe. Uh, there was a conflict of interest, or that something came up and had to go, so. There's the scheduling difficulties, uh, but right. we have to postpone that one. Um, I apologise for missing the uh, interview with Stuart, I uh, caught the tail end of that. I am a card-carrying Brett Gardner fan, um, and uh, I hope to get a chance to speak with the uh, Sure, uh, on another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes down the line. Uh, to close out tonight, though, we have another great guest, uh, David Holden. Uh, we're going to introduce David in a sec. But this is uh, Ball Caps and Bagpipes, and I am John McKellar, and there's my co-host. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and baseball scholar Hall of Famer. I'm also the owner of Dara Classics, and I'm excited for tonight's guest. We're chatting baseball, we're chatting hockey, we're chatting I'll, art. I'll tell you what you're not, though, Jason. <laughs> you're not currently a champion. And this guy is <laughs> Glasgow Comets 2020 right, Glasgow Cup champions. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, would you like to introduce yourself, David? Uh, sure. Um, I, I'm uh, a, an artist, uh, Dave Holden. I live right downtown in, uh, in Toronto, originally from Montreal. And um, currently a big Blue Jays fan, used to be an Expos fan. And a Montreal Canadiens fan growing up in Montreal in the seventies. So I like the fact I've, I already like you anyways, Dave. The fact that that the, that the Expos went to the Nationals, you're like, nope, not gonna do it. Because my Sonics have left, and I'm still right. going that the, the Oklahoma. Uh, I just can't bring myself to it. You know? I know. So I, know. I mean, I just started playing basketball again after. Oh gosh, I haven't probably played in like 20 years, but like yeah. it would be 10 years to even think about the NBA. So I like the fact you went, you know, if you're gonna move, I'm gonna drop all association with you. And uh it must have been a bit gutting last year, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually went to a nationals game a few years ago. Right. Just uh, I happened to be in DC and I figured I'd go to a game and I actually wore my expos cap. So <laughs> did you get stopped? <laughs> no. So it was good. Did you see any other Expos gear when you were there? Or they're just full on Nat stuff now? Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't see any Expos gear. It was all Nat stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is my old Expos starter cap from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, that, that really sucks because I absolutely loved the Montreal Expos uh, logo and the, you know, the, the stadium and stuff like that. They, they yeah. were only around for a, a, about two years after I started watching baseball, but I quite liked the Expos. Um, yeah, and I like I like the fact that there were like um, there was a symmetry. There was like a, a Canadian team in both the American and National League. That's uh, right. That's right. Uh, but now you know you've just got the one Canadian team in twenty nine American ones. Yeah, it's not the same. Uh, we need more Canadian teams, I think, in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, hopefully they'll. Uh, you know, they're trying to get another team. We'll see. I know there's uh, a lot of American teams. There are cities vying for teams as well, like Nashville and Charlotte and uh, Portland. So, so we'll see. So well, yeah, I see, I mean, I see bring back the Expos. The Winnipeg got their Jets back. We need, we need to bring back the Montreal Expos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, so Anika's involved in the Nashville campaign. Yeah, I, I was listening to some of that podcast and uh, I heard her mention that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so that, that's cool. She's done some work from there. So uh, she was yeah. awesome. So I don't, uh, that was a blast. So anyways, enough about our other guests. Let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Uh, David, we like to start all the interviews off with uh, pretty much the same uh, kind of question. Um, just uh, would you like to start by telling us uh, what about your baseball background growing up? Uh, did you play baseball growing up? And if so, to what level? And uh, what positions did you play? 
Yeah, I just um, played with my childhood friends at the local park. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have a cottage, so we would go there in the summer. So I wasn't really around uh, in the city uh, during the baseball season. But, uh, you know, whenever we'd go back on a weekend or something or the beginning or end of the summer, I'd get together with my buddies and we'd play some ball. So, uh, and then later on in my 20s, the company I was working for, we played um, softball, which was fun. Yeah. So what positions did you play in softball? Uh, I was in right field. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, incidentally, that's uh, where I was playing today. But we won twenty oh. <laughs> twenty Glasgow Cup. You play first. You play first base today. It was too important, huh? <laughs> uh, I played. I played an inning. I played an inning at first base. Uh, but then Jason came into the game at first, and I made any right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we're not here to talk about me though. <laughs> every chance you get. <laughs> <laughs> um, being that, that you were a hockey fan growing up, David, in Toronto, uh, there's a question I would, uh, I'm burning to ask you. Uh, did you play a lot of pond hockey growing up? And if so, uh, talk to me about that experience. Yeah, not really pond hockey. I mean, I, I grew up in Montreal till I was 14. And then our family moved to Toronto. So uh, back then, the first... You know, I started playing hockey probably four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, we'd play at the local park and it was all outside. So, you know, you shovel the ice before the game and they flood the rink with a hose and then you get out there and play. And, you know, your parents stand on a snowbank and watch you play hockey. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what positions did you play on the ice? I usually played forward, either center or left wing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then I played, um, I guess... When I moved to Toronto up until I was about 17. But I wasn't really at a high level. I mean, I'm I'm okay, but compared to other Canadians, I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, David, uh, talk to me about your experiences growing up watching baseball. Uh, you grew up uh, an Expo fan, uh, and now you're from the Do you have any uh, particular memories or favorite ball games that stick out in your mind? Uh, yeah, you know, my parents, they used to take my brother and I to, ex- to Expo Games at uh, Jerry Park. Mm-hmm. So that probably would have been in the early 70s. Yep. Um, and I don't re- really remember the stadium that much or the games, but I do remember getting like the giveaways. Like I remember getting a Steve Renko poster. I remember Bat Day and, you know, Helmet Day, that type of thing. Le Grand Orange. You can't forget about him. That's right. Rusty Staub. Yeah, I put him in one of my paintings. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. And then um, my grandfather on my mother's side, he played um, for an amateur league in Montreal in the 1920s. I saw it on your website. Go into more details about it because I thought it was really cool. Because that was. Yeah. So I actually have it's the schedule here. So this is actually, you know, what he gave me, which is uh, Montreal International League. So it was from the largest. amateur baseball league in Quebec right. and um, yeah I'm, I'm really uh, honored to have it you know and he was always talking about stories of playing in that league unfortunately I don't remember too many of them it's too bad they weren't recorded yeah. but uh, last year I actually contacted um, a museum called the McCord Museum mm-hmm. and they both basically are all about the history of Montreal right. so I was trying to get some information about the league mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately the woman I was um, in contact with wasn't able to come up with anything for me. 
So that was a bit too bad because I would like to know more about it, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that schedule you have there was kind of a piece of uh, Quebec ephemera rather than... Yeah, the... yeah. I've actually thought about, you know, talking to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame about it and maybe passing it on to them. So I know Bruce, if you want to contact. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah I have... Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, we, we, we tried to get a World Baseball Hall of Fame uh, started because he's... Uh, Scottish or of Scottish descent and so he reached out to me and there and uh yeah it, it just it never came to fruition but uh, oh that's too bad but yeah well, Bruce, Bruce is still there so um uh after this you I'll drop you his email and uh sure uh, and you can try from there so it's funny you say that because uh, I don't know if you know I was in the um the uh baseball is art exhibit ah you are yes yeah uh, I love so, that art I want to talk yeah. to you about that as well. Yes. So I actually contacted the uh, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame because I wanted to see if they could actually host the show that was down in North Carolina because mm -hmm. I thought that would be a great idea. But uh, they had just done a renovation and then they were saying that they no longer have that gallery space, which is, was a bit unfortunate, you know? Is, is it a big... I mean, I, I saw a couple pictures of the Hall of Fame. Is it a very big one? I mean, I don't know. I know there's a field there, but I yeah, there. I actually haven't been. I know they renovated it. I think maybe last year, and um, so I'm not really sure. And then the Blue Jays had a fan fest at the Rogers Center this past winter, and then the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame had a a pretty large booth there, right. which okay. was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's in. Um, it's in St. Mary's, Ontario, which is kind of southwest Ontario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had I had to go look it up because we were trying to figure out where it was. And I've got some uh, friends that are Canadian. They're all out in uh, Ontario as well. So they're like, oh, yeah, I know that place is. It's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They were like, couldn't they not find something closer to Toronto? <laughs> no one's thinking about that. <laughs> so well, you know, now I... Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, you mentioned Roger Centre there, and when I hear that, I always ask the same question. On a scale of what to Roger Centre, how terrible is that new name for the Sky Dome? Yeah, I'm not too fond of it. I know <laughs> that seems to be that's the consensus among everyone that I've asked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll give them the credit though, because you know the team was in a bit of financial trouble years ago. They couldn't find a buyer mm -hmm. when Labatt's beer was selling them. And Rogers stepped up to the plate. So at least, uh, you know, I think they deserve, if they're going to spend that money, they deserve to have their name on there. But it could have been like the Rogers Skydome, which would have been at least. There you go. There you yeah. go. I had that idea on an interview last week, Jason. Uh, <laughs> yes. You should have just hired me when I was, what, 18 at the time. <laughs> they changed the name or something like that because it's been Rogers Center for a good decade now, hasn't it? Go ahead, sorry, what's that? It's been Rogers Centre for about a good decade or so now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been quite a while now. It's yeah. amazing. No, no, still, still, no one calls it that. You'd think that they would have the idea of just changing it slightly to Rogers Skydome. I know, I know. Hey ho! I'm sorry, yeah, but I didn't there. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait! You're not going to tell us that you won today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you mention it, um... I think they should have given you a medal so you could have won. <laughs> Yeah, I might donate this hat to the fundraiser uh, and <laughs> a piece of uh, obscure Glasgow baseball history. <laughs> I'm sorry, as you, as you were saying, David. 
Actually, my uh, my grandmother on my father's side was from Glasgow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, but she, she moved to Canada when she was quite young. So yeah. Does she uh, have any memories of her time in Scotland, or was she? No, old? I think she was probably like three or four years old. Right. Um, yeah. And, she, and she's she's passed on for quite a while now. So yeah. Have Have you and the family ever been out this way? Yeah, I was in Edinburgh in. Um, Geez, it was a long time ago, but uh, 1979. Wow. So I, I traveled to uh, Scotland with a friend of mine and his mom. So we went to Edinburgh and then we took a bus across to Oban. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous part of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd like to come back. We'd love to have you. We would love to have yeah. you go for a beer. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Cause I'll I know beer, but I'll, I'll, I'll have all your Pepsi and we'll <laughs> chat. Because I know Glasgow has a Glasgow has a really good art school. Yep, Glasgow School of Art is quite good. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll that. So John Lachey doesn't drink. So when you come to Edinburgh, we'll, we'll give you a whiskey. So don't worry about any of this beard nonsense. <laughs> okay. Scottish. <laughs> And I actually, I, I worked for a year in Edinburgh College of Art. So that's, oh, yeah. that's what kind of inspired me from the art side of things there. And, and that's how my my art and baseball journey kind of all mashed up. So Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I worked right next to the main exhibition hall. And there was uh, student exhibitions every Friday. And so my lunch break nice. was spent just walking around and looking at them and just being exposed to a lot of stuff. I normally would have probably went, oh, that's crap. Like, what, what yeah. kind of stuff? And then I should be able to speak with the artist and go, right, I'm a newbie to art. I don't get what you've done. Please explain it to me. And they were always happy to talk about it. And yeah. that's the coolest thing to find out. You go, okay, I get that now. It may not be for me, but I see your perspective of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. So let's say we'll, we'll dive further into David's art in just a sec, but I just want to uh, quickly ask one more question about hockey. If yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, David, oh. you you would have grown up uh, watching some formidable Habs teams back in the day. Uh, do you have yeah. any, uh, you know, a favourite player from back then? And if so, and also, do you have a, you know, any favourite memories of the, the Habs that stick out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, in the late seven or mid to late seventies. So that's when they won four cups in a row, mm -hmm. and um, we actually used to go to quite a few games, which was pretty exciting. And I remember we all skipped school for the 79 Stanley Cup parade and went downtown to watch the, uh, watch the parade. Yes, you got your priorities the right place. That's right. So, John, <laughs> I, as you're a Ranger fan, I pulled a couple of Ranger cards. Oh, nice. nice. So this is a, a Roger Bear. Roger Bear, yep. 75 or 76. Mm -hmm. I remember I was at a hockey school once and he was there, which was kind of exciting. He was just standing around. Somehow I just imagined that in Canada, we were the time you go anywhere, there's just like a famous <laughs> hockey player standing around there, he's chilling. And this is uh, an Eddie Jackham in the goaltender. Yes, okay. Yeah. yeah. Tough yeah. guy, great goalie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was uh, yeah very fortunate to be living in Montreal when you know the team was winning all those Stanley Cups. It was pretty exciting. So so uh, I became a Ranger fan in '95, um, which means that uh, I've been a fan for 25 years and have been uh, 
let's say, disappointed by uh, a lot of playoff runs. Um, <laughs> yeah, we won the last one. We last won the cup like the summer before I started paying attention to hockey. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to watch it for the first few years. I used to kind of kept in touch through, you know, like news programs and um, and the, the video games on the kind of Mega Drive or Genesis as it would be known in North yeah. America, like uh, PlayStation eventually. Before obviously I became a proper fan like in the late nineties through Channel Five yeah. over here. Um, yeah, which I, incidentally kind of indirectly how I ended up becoming a fan of baseball. But like um, Mark Messier was my guy growing up. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, I could talk hockey with this guy all night, but Jason, let's, <laughs> let's move on and, and, and we'll talk about David's art and, and we'll get him back on ball caps and bagpipes. And we need to think of a, an extra ball caps and bagpipes and goalie masks or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An entire sub-series on hockey. Uh, Jason, do you want to uh, touch on David's art? Yeah, we will. So I, I want to know, uh, what's a better TV show, Kids in the Hall or Trailer Park Boys? <laughs> I'm a more of a Kids in the Hall guy. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, broke it. Jason's heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I grew up with the uh, kids in the hall, and they're absolutely hilarious. And Brain yeah. is obviously one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but I only found Trailer Park later after moving over here. So, okay, yeah, I, I haven't really. I can't see, say I've seen a lot of Trailer Park Boy episodes. I it was. I, I have a friend from uh, Mississauga. I have a friend from oh God, what, Brampton, and that was all they could talk about when I first met them and about TV shows out there. And so that, <laughs> I had to watch it. I loved the show, yeah, but it was it was just one of those, I thought I'd ask you what your feather was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we were talking about jerseys and logos. I'm going to say, do you have an affinity for those? Because we obviously were talking about the Kraken and you were interested in the design. Of the yeah. Logo. You know, it's funny, like growing up, uh, you know, I'd watch a lot of sports. Um, but, you know, I'd sit in front of the TV and just draw the logos of the teams that were playing. Mm -hmm. And it sort of, you know, dovetailed with art for me. And, uh, yeah, and even till today, I'm still always interested in uniforms and jerseys and hats. I, I do have quite a few hats as well. Right, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love my hats. So anyone else I know. Hat thing, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was going to figure it, I was trying to figure out what hat I should wear. I figured out, oh, I'll just wear my old Expos hat. I, I literally had my bucket of hats here for Blake, like a hundred hats here. And I was going to try <laughs> to swap them every two minutes there. And I was so, so nervous for the interview that I completely forgot. And I was going to gift him a hat and I completely forgot to show him the hat. <laughs> J J Jason, Jason was honestly starstruck before we spoke wow. to Blake on Friday. Um, all day, he, kept, he just kept uh, buzzing and buzzing and buzzing about talking to Blake Jameson on the show. Uh, he didn't disappoint, to be fair. The guy was an amazing interview. Um, but yeah, yeah, I really uh, like his... Uh, I felt bad for Jason not being able to trade his hats around. That's <laughs> oh, all right. It was, it was good fun. So, um, But no, I, I mentioned that because I think after learning stuff from Edinburgh School of Art, and I started looking at hats, and then I started looking at logos, and then I kind of came across Todd Radom. And he's obviously yeah. Yeah. an amazing person. And no one really knows him besides artists and designers. Yeah. And now he's paired up with a guy from, I think he lives in Toronto. And they've just done a book on the history of uh, hockey jerseys. Chris Creamer. Chris Creamer, yeah. So Sportsnet yeah. Logos, is it? Yeah, that's the same guy. Yeah. So I've been, I've been following him for quite a while. So yeah. And also um, UniWatch. Yep, UniWatch as well too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I so, love the attention to detail they go into about the uniform. I know. Like, okay, like we reverse the color of the socks because it's every third Sunday, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stuff like that there. And uh, yeah, I know uh, it was really interesting. Um, I had, uh, so I've met Tim Godden before and I went to his house and he'd gotten um, Todd Radom's new book on the, the, the ugly jerseys of the seventies there. Oh and, yeah, yeah. He talks with Todd quite a bit, so it was kind of fun to pick his brains to kind of see oh, stuff out cool. there. So, uh, but it's nice to know there's another logo and uniform aficionado out there. <laughs> well, you know, I've got my Jays cap here, and the thing I like about it is that it doesn't have the new era on the side. Yes, like it's crisp and clean the way I like it. You know, I, I've been tempted to get one of those Uni Watch uh, pickers yeah. so you can pick it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know if I have that half an hour to pick it off or the patience to do it, but you know maybe when this is all over and I want to watch some sport, you know maybe that'll be the right time to do it. But yeah, yeah. every time you advertise it, I'm like, yeah, you know it's like three for five bucks. You know, okay, I could probably get a few. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> is, is there so, so we were talking talking podcasts? You talked to sports and art. Um, do you ever listen to Makers of Sport? No, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll trade message after that. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm. Oh gosh, I can't think who, who runs it. Um, but he's really good, and he talks to a lot of logo designers and artists that work for, for sports teams or in colleges there. And it's always yeah. really interesting to get uh, more information. And then he does a really good kind of in-between podcast of, of about trying to figure out the value of work where it may not work for me. I'm not an artist or a designer, but I've been able to pull various information from him. Um, yeah. It's a really good podcast to listen to. And especially when you have guys or uh, the latest one I listened to, she was the designer for the graphic designer for the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, and then yeah. got a job with the Royals. And so oh. talk about that there. And it was just uh, fascinating to hear uh, the whole story behind that. So Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. Anyways, let's talk about yeah, your yeah. art. How did you get started? <laughs> well, like I said, you know, as a young kid, I always drew and I always drew logos. And um, I had a relative who had a subscription to Sports Illustrated. So my brother and I would get all the back issues. So I would just start, you know, drawing these players. And, uh, and then it just, I just started building my skill and then eventually friends or relatives said, Oh, you know, can you do me a, a drawing of so-and-so who plays for the Baltimore Colts? I'm like, sure, no problem. You know? And then, um, so I actually have still one of my old sports illustrated covers or magazines, which is the Hank Aaron one. Oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 Which is a great cover, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only one I have left, but it's a good one to have. That's really cool. Yeah. That would be where that would be when Hank Aaron uh, became the all-time home run king for anyone over here who might not know that. Um Babe Ruth seven hundred and fourteen home runs as a uh, as a player. Uh, Hank Aaron broke that. What was it nineteen seventy Yeah, seventy four. Seventy four, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. A record that some would say still stands to this day. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be one of them. Um, but yeah, that's an amazing cover. And that's great that you've managed to keep a hold of that all these years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite nice to have. Yeah. Would you say that that's like your favourite piece of sports memorabilia that you have from growing up? Or do you have another piece that's even more kind of... Yeah, that's probably one of them. Sport? I mean, 
you know, obviously the schedule from my grandfather holds the most uh, value, for, you know, personal value for me. Yeah. Um, and I was saying to Jason earlier, I still have, you know, about two binders of, of uh, cards. So one is baseball cards, one are hockey cards. So I still manage to, to hold on to those. They don't take up too much space. So <laughs> do you have a favorite cards? In each in each binder that you would never part with, you know, uh, with one day. Well, I, I actually came across them. I don't know how I got them, but I have a couple of cards from um, the '60s. So this one is from '66. Very nice. Wow. Yeah. And then this one, John Rose Rosboro, Roseboro yeah. from I guess it would be '68. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, and then some of the other ones. I mean, I've got this. Um, Gary Carter. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, as an Expo fan, I really like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Fergie Jenkins, a Canadian. So it's nice to have that one. Yep. Yeah, I like he's actually one. He's actually on social media quite a bit. Yeah, he likes quite a bit of stuff. I'm always surprised when I, I've tagged in a couple of photos here and there with my uh, This Day in Baseball that I haven't done in about a month now because I'm too busy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have noticed that about Fergie Jenkins actually when I'm looking at a lot of your stuff like he's very he's very he interacts with people a lot it's, it's, it's yeah great. yeah great to see a guy who is a legend of the game and doesn't really he doesn't have to he doesn't have to sit on social media talking to fans all day but he seems to get a genuine enjoyment out of it yeah um, he really it's does always, it's always amazing to see yeah yeah and there's a few I can just go a few, a few more quick ones Pete Rose yeah, you're the last interview of the night so we, nice. we can go on and on yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> John just had a two-hour nap, so he's good. To go. <laughs> uh, Jason, Jason's not going to let me live that down. But um, I don't know if you know David, but I, I missed the first interview tonight because uh, I uh, see we were supposed to have one at half past nine um, our time, uh, but it got postponed. So I set I had set an alarm for quarter past nine, nine fifteen. Um, got up, got the message from Jason. This one's cancelled or postponing. It was like great. I'm going back to sleep for an hour because I was exhausted. <laughs> uh, but I forgot, I forgot to set an alarm. Um, and so oh, no. I, missed, I missed most of uh, the Stuart Anstead interview. I managed to catch the end of it, but uh, I, I just felt at that point, you know, if I just jump in now, it's going to, you know, it's going to cut into the time for the, for the next one because I'll end up having to ask too many questions and we'll end up getting into all, all together new territory. So uh, we'll just need to have Stuart back on at some point. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm refreshed, so I can go all night. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in any hurry to go to bed. Jason, with, on the other hand, might be. <laughs> you know, I'm a wide awake now. I, I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, I'm, I'm busy checking my phone to see how many uh, uh, raffle tickets I've sold. So. Mm. Oh, right. Oh, we should probably mention that, actually. The raffle from Dugout Classics has uh, begun. Uh, okay. As of today. Um, just do you want to quickly jump in and, and give the details for that? Yeah, okay, so we'll do a quick one there. So we're doing two raffles. We have the, the general raffle of stuff that's donated. So we've gotten stuff from Major League Baseball Europe, um, a couple personal donations. Um, GB Baseball has donated some. I haven't posted that one yet. Uh, Baseball Scotland has been very generous and donated a lot of stuff there. And then we have the Project 2020 cards that have been donated by Blake, F. Dot, and Ermsey. And, nice. Um, so there's Seppo. So you can choose, you want to go to the general raffle or you can choose, I want some tops 2020 cards because I did the quick math and the value of the Project 2020 cards and there's $1,500 worth of cards Very there. Nice. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so, so, 
Someone's going to win that uh, F dot silver autograph and that retailed at $700. Wow. And, uh, you can get all that potentially for a mere five pounds. Five pounds or six, or six dollars fifty. Yep. Uh, I don't have the conversion in Can Canadian dollars, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, do uh, dugoutclassics.com for that. Yeah, and you'll find your way there to the, the Negro League fundraiser. It's right in the front page. Let's okay. uh, seg back to you, David. Uh, do you have any, have you decided, obviously, with the fundraising start? And I imagine you will have. Uh, what, what do you have uh, in store for the fundraiser? Yeah, so um, I created this. Um, when Tad first reached out to me on Instagram, I wasn't sure if I'd have time to, to create something new. Um, so at that point, I thought, you know, whatever I sell this week on my website, I'd give 20% to the museum, mm -hmm. regardless if it was baseball related or not. Um, and then, and then, um, then I sort of figured, you know what, I think I can get a painting done. So I did a quick portrait of, um, I'll just show it to you here. <laughs> of uh, Johnny Cowan, who played for the, uh, the Cleveland Buckeyes. Okay. So um, I was sort of looking for a, a connection for myself for this. Right. And a few years ago, my eldest niece, um, well, more than a few years ago, but she went to Ohio and just outside of Cleveland on a lacrosse scholarship. And then she ended up marrying a, a fellow from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. uh, so for this project, I was sort of trying to connect it personally for myself mm -hmm. so all of a sudden I came across the Cleveland Buckeyes team in the Negro Leagues and I thought hey why why not I do a, a, a painting of one of the players um, you know I thought about doing Jackie Robinson with the Montreal Royals connection and I thought about doing Satchel Paige and then I thought you know I I do kind of like those mid-range players that maybe people haven't heard of yeah um, so uh, so anyway that's what I've decided to do and so for this painting, if it sells, I'll give the entire amount to the Negro League Museum. Oh, that's amazing. So that'll be my uh, my contribution. Yeah. How did so you choose the players in the Buckeyes? Did you do your research behind it and go, okay, this this guy was a star. This guy was, you know, a, uh, like that. A little, a little bit. Um, you know, originally, because I don't know if you've seen my ballpark series where yeah, I've done I was going to ask you about that as well and the bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I've done um, the series of, of ballpark paintings of ballparks of all the ballparks that I've been to. Mm -hmm. And the title is, you know, the name of the park and the actual day that I was at the game. So I actually, for this project, I thought, okay, I'll do um, a painting of the ballpark where the Cleveland Buckeyes played. Mm -hmm. But now there's, it's still there. Well, the field is still there, but there's only one wall left. Right. And I sort of thought about, geez, maybe I should get my niece to go down and take a photo, send it to me, and then I can do a painting. But it started, in ter terms of the timeline, it was getting a bit too tight. <laughs> so I sort of thought, you know what, just do a uh, painting of one of the players and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't really want to send your niece on a trip down to some place to get a picture. And <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be staying at home right now. <laughs> That's right. That's the other thing. That's right. <laughs> So tell us about the ballpark series. Did you touch on that? Because I, I was going to say, uh, so I, I imagine going to Safeco Field has been the highlight of every field you've been to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did really love Safeco. Yeah, I, I don't know how 
I don't know how people from Seattle feel about it, but I really enjoyed it. And so going from the Kingdom, which was just your cookie cutter standard yeah. bog standard. I mean, I, I played a game at the Kingdom in high school. And, oh wow! And uh, you could actually dribble a baseball on the turf there. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and it, I don't know how guys played on that day in day out because it was, you know, I guess the best example is Olympic Stadium. It's the same idea. Yeah. I mean. Andre Johnson ruined his knees playing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So going from there and then getting, I mean, obviously they voted against the bill to get Safeco built and then we won. And so they built it there and, uh, you know, they they did it correctly. Like I said, there's not a bad seat in the house. You can walk around. You would have known this as well. You get the mountains, you know, and and, yeah. um, So, yeah. So I, I, I enjoy going to games there. So it's, yeah. So guys, and they uh, have the retractable roof too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. What, what's so the, uh, I just want to jump in and ask a question on the, you know, the Olympic Stadium and the uh, mm-hmm. Kingdom, the turf type thing. Uh, for like a, a guy out here who might not, you know, I'm not a, an expert on ballparks. You've you've seen where I play, Jason. <laughs> um, I don't know the first thing about how uh, to tend to it, um, but would that be the equivalent over here of like a plastic football pitch? Yeah, but a little bit, so yeah, so you'll have like concrete and they'll have like a a softer layer behind Mm -hmm. it, which is still quite stiff and and like that there, but then then it's like an astroturf pitch, exactly the same way. Yeah. Marvelous, all right. Yeah, Yeah. I've always, I've often wondered actually because I've, you know, obviously I I saw a little bit of the Olympic Stadium and uh, I'm aware of uh, the Metrodome, I think was the same sort of setup, right? Um, Yeah. So like, but you seem to be moving away from that kind of ballpark with the newer parts that are coming through and if I mean what you said about Andre Dawson it's probably a good, a good idea to be honest yeah. uh, there's something special about playing football uh, or soccer as you guys know in uh, North America on grass rather than on a plastic turf and I imagine sure. it's the same for baseball um, yeah. and grass uh, well that's yeah, why teams built on the speed from the 70s and 80s because you mm-hmm. had all these turf fields and it was all about putting the ball on the ground because the ball would give you a true hop but it would go much quicker than obviously the grass one there. So if you ever watch any stuff from the back then, those guys played like 20 feet behind the back. So you had a chance <laughs> to move yeah. yeah. Funny you should mention that. Actually, I was watching game five in 95 ALDS, which you'll remember fondly, Jason, was... um, the other day. Um, and I, was, <laughs> I noticed that when Paul O'Neill kind of hit a ground ball, it just kind of like, it was like a bouncy ball. It was like, and it's like, and it's just such a, Imagine being like a road player that doesn't have to deal with that 100 or 81 games a year and uh, having to face that coming in. It must be terrifying. Yeah. So you get used to it. So a lot of the high schools in the Northwest will have a turf infield because the weather is usually wet. And so if you have a right. drink, you practice with that. So again, like, I mean, I remember as a first baseman, I played a good 10, 15 feet behind the bag. And you kind of went, okay, great. I'm, this is how I'm doing. And so most of my experience playing first base was running to the back <laughs> and then trying to find the ball. <laughs> <laughs> would there be um, would there be strategic elements to it as well, like shifts or whatever that you would play, especially when you were playing on top to counteract? Uh, no, you left side of the field actually had to have a strong arm because again, even at third base, you had you, it was reaction and you could play up to the bag, but you would never play there. But a combination of metal bat mm-hmm. coming up there, plus the, like that, you had to wear a cup. Like Scottish League baseball, I could play without a cup. I wasn't too worried. My hands were fast enough for that. So, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I play without a cup, and that, uh, uh, but I mean, yeah, you, let's you, not get to that. <laughs> yeah, 
guys play deep infields in, in the middle infield because you'd have that time because you knew you'd get mm-hmm. true hop. There was no rocks there. Yeah. And the ball would skip quite well. So you, you had to go there with that. Whereas uh, playing in Glasgow, you, you might have rocks, needles, bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very, various wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not that bad out there, but yeah, it's it's a it's a different experience where uh, you play in a grass field, and of course the, the major leagues it's manicured perfectly. But yeah, playing out here, you know, you never know how the ball's gonna hop. Yeah, so um, with the sorry, David, the uh, with the uh, with football over here, it's very similar. Like the game moves differently on turf. Um, yeah, and it, you know, older players often have trouble with it because of the speed of the game. Uh, the ball obviously is skidding more and, and stuff like that, and so. Uh, it's great to it's great to have that answer because I've often wondered about that with the, the kind of the dome turf uh, type places and stuff like that. Yeah. So the baseball fields over there that you would play on are they true baseball fields with a backstop in the whole bit? Most of them have a we have a, a fixed backstop I think as do Aberdeen and Tayport. Um, Edinburgh has like a pop up one. Like, it's like a pop up one. Yeah. Um, you guys okay. have have um, kind of. More equipment, I think, though, than, than any other club. Yeah, yeah, we've had um, equipment. Yeah. So, except, except you guys don't have a mound in a, or a fixed backstop. You've got like all the kind of other equipment. Yeah. Whereas we've got we've got a mound and a backstop and almost no equipment. <laughs> so let's go. <cool. laughs> so what what happened was I, as league president, we were trying to build up to uh, do a fundraiser uh, and and sell uh, square inches of uh, Bobby Thompson Field. So. Um, and it just never got around to it because I had kids. And so there, and then it fell into Paul Convoy's hands who was doing it there. And we've gotten permission to build a backstop. I think we have permission for the dugouts and have proper sunken dugouts. And so then it's, it's really coming down to just trying to find yeah. 90,000 pounds to get the dirt in and have it done properly yeah. up there, which is the hard part there. Because we yeah, all, yeah. We, I mean, it's fine to play on now, and they, they, I think they use a wooden mound they go out that way, but uh, eventually it's just trying to go, all right, how can we raise the funds? Because no one has any money and, and, and then do it that way. So I think maybe next year I might do the same thing during how this raffle goes and try to help <laughs> try to go. That. Because if not, do you ever remember the, the million dollar website? No. The guy sold a million pixels for one dollar, and you can do whatever you want there. And so he raised a million dollars that way. Uh, <laughs> so you would what? You would buy a part of the one pixel and say what color it was going to be. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. So people people bought block. It still it still exists. I mean, he bought the, the domain forever, and and you know was and that and so yeah, you can still see it there, and it fits all on your one screen. And there's a million pixels on one screen, and then and people would buy stuff and make designs in it and stuff like that. There, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> So, so I thought the same idea. So I think we figured out there was something like 92,000 uh, square inches in uh, infield. And we thought we could do that and do the same way. So yeah. go spend a pound and that would raise 90,000 in there and that would pay for the, the, uh, the field. So you, like, um, you couldn't approach any, uh, you know, municipal governments to try and help you out? It's just it's not popular that, enough? That's where I think since 1977 or when you came out here, <laughs> they yeah. put all the money on Parliament. They blew all the money on the tram lines out here. Like, uh, <laughs> the, the so baseball isn't a high priority. 
No, they're, they're, they're trying to force the fuel on the, on us because they don't want to have to pay for the, the painting the lines. They don't want to have to mow it. <laughs> they, they want to just give it to us. And then we're like, ah, oh, we really can't do this right now. <laughs> so I kind of say baseball here is like playing cricket in North America. It's out yeah. there. You can find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you really have to kind of stumble across it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, uh, that's the great thing. Like everyone's so passionate about it because, you know, we, Thursdays, Saturdays and Sundays are our favorite days because there's always a day game. So you can actually watch a game there. Otherwise, like you said, you know, your game start at midnight. Uh, uh, John, hey, well, if you're lucky. <laughs> watching games. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I'm in for a hard week next week because we've got three interviews a night and the ALDS starts tomorrow. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. And the first game is at uh, 1.05 a.m. here. Uh, wow. So it will be a case of three interviews, then straight into the ALDS, and then hopefully some sleep at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit too bad there weren't any games this weekend, you know, when it was... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the decision to do that came from, but... Yeah. It's all right. I got my Seahawks game in, so I'm happy. <laughs> did, the, the Hawks, <laughs> did the Hawks hold on and win? I saw that they were up early. They did win. Yeah, they did win. Excellent. So. It looked like a tight game. Uh, till the end. So yeah, really well. when, I, when I saw it, it was I think it was ten to nine. Yeah, they, they put it on the end. So, oh, <laughs> I'm loving this. We're we're all over the place. But I want you to tell me about your ballpark series because I didn't see you were there. Uh, how many ballparks have you been to, and which one was your favorite? Oh, uh, geez, probably I don't know, twelve or thirteen. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd like to eventually get to a lot of them. I was actually scheduled before. COVID came along, I was scheduled to go to California to do the Dodgers, Padres, and Angels. Mm -hmm. So I was going to do that in September, but obviously that didn't play out. But um, yeah, I, you know, I went to, years ago, I was in a show in Windsor, Ontario, which is across the, the border or across the river from Detroit. Yeah, you can swim there so, uh, if you're feeling up to it. <laughs> so we took the tunnel and then we went to a game at Tiger Stadium, which was pretty cool. Old Tiger Stadium or new Tiger Stadium? Yeah. Old, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I, I miss that. I miss the, 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 the bleachers in the outfield just hanging on top of the field. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, things like, places like that are pretty cool. And, you know, Fenway, I went to, to Fenway back in probably 85 or 86. Mm -hmm. So I've been to Wrigley a couple of times. Um, of course, the stadiums in Montreal, Exhibition Stadium in Toronto and in the Skydome. <laughs> uh, PNC in Pittsburgh, which is a great park. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah, yeah. Even and the stadium in Cleveland's not bad too. You know, I've been there. Nice. Yeah, I I, I need to visit more and, stadiums. And Safeco, of course. Yeah, I saw the Safeco. That was what I, I said. Yeah. Of course. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking about um, uh, the the baseball is art in uh, Shelby, North Carolina. Yeah. Which I realize has been going for ten years now. Yeah, I didn't realize that. It's um, I sort of when I started posting my stadium series on Instagram, I was starting to get some feedback from other baseball artists. And then I didn't really know that they even existed. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see Sean Keane's work, you know, the painted baseball gloves, which are amazing. Yeah. He does great work. Yeah. And he lives in Guelph, which is not too far from Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he had been in the uh, baseball as art show. So I reached out to him. And he said, yeah, you know, do it. It's a great show. And he was really encouraging. So I, uh, I contacted um, the fellow who runs it. And he said, sure, 
you know, ship us some work down. So I did. And uh, so anyway, then I ended up going down for the opening. Oh, wow. So I met uh, Noah Stokes, who's in the show. Uh -huh. Yeah. In the Fundly, uh, fundraiser show, Negro Leagues fundraiser show. And then I also met Jimmy Parker, who came up for the opening. That would have been fun. Like, Which, I, I trade messages with Jimmy all the time, man, when I get a chance. Yeah. He's so cool. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. So uh, the three of us, myself and him and Noah, were chatting. And, and it was a really nice opening. We had a great time. So I was really glad that I went. Dude, that's awesome. And then ever since then, because it's kind of funny, like my baseball paintings were kind of almost like side projects. Right. You know, because I'm more trained in like the fine arts, you know, showing at galleries, doing other type of work. And then I, I did that baseball card series where I kind of mashed up um, baseball cards from the 70s along with glam rock stars like Kiss mm -hmm. and Elton John and put them together. And uh, so this is one of like the postcard from that. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. <laughs> So I did a series of those, so, and these are, the originals are about three by four feet. Oh, wow. So that's uh, Bill Stoneman from the Expos um, with Elton John glasses on. <laughs> yeah. And then I changed all the names of the players to the names of the kids that I played ball with when I was a kid. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it was kind of a tribute to the, the kid, you know, my friends that I played with when I was 10, 11 years old. Cause we were all collecting these baseball cards. We were all listening to Elton John and Kiss and, you know, <laughs> Glam Rock, Alice Cooper, you know. So I know these uh, kiss, kiss cards. Are we going to see Kiss cards as baseball players? Then? <laughs> yeah. Go the other way around, yeah? <laughs> that sounds like years, years ago, I had a, a Kiss comic book from probably 75 or 76, and I don't know what I did with it. It's It's gone somewhere, but... Those sons of bitches, they will sell anything. Yeah. <laughs> they will literally sell anything with their names on it. You know, God bless them. <laughs> so, but the baseball, anyway, the baseball art show, anyway, it was a great experience. And I just connected with so many other baseball artists after that. And, you know, for something that started off as a side project, I've just started to seem to do more, more and more baseball paintings, you know. And then, like you mentioned, I did a, a series of bobbleheads and, and, um, and also just the experience of when I went down to the opening, I went to a Charlotte's Knights game mm -hmm. uh, and Louis, Ro Louis Robert was playing, or Robert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to Asheville, so I saw an Asheville Taurus game. Mm -hmm. So it was a great experience, you know? Nice, yeah. I, once I realized they've been doing it for so long, because I think I've only known about the last three years and now I'm like, I need to go down there and I want to just go hang yeah. out with everybody. And then especially yeah. now, because I actually, I know a lot of people now and I get to talk to everybody now. So yeah. I'm like, really excited about it now. You know, it's funny about this fundraiser. I was thinking the other day that, you know, in some ways it's, it's kind of due to COVID because, you know, we're trying to raise money for the artists and also for the museum mm -hmm. because they don't have as many people coming through the doors. And you know, this whole experience has kept everybody apart, yet through this project, it's bringing everybody together virtually. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. And it would actually be amazing to see this show in real life, like if it was an exhibition with all this great artwork, with all these great artists. Oh, it would be pretty exciting, you know? That, I, I think that would be like three or four days of drunken debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
No, I mean, it's the same thing as like, I, I've been following various people for so long and, you know, just the various messages here and there, like, I love your work. That's really cool what you've done. And now to actually be able to speak with everybody. I mean, I think that's been great. Um, yeah. And how has the community been for you? Has it expanded now? I mean, you've obviously done baseball as an art and you've grown more and more yeah. that way. Have you, have you found it interesting that you, all of a sudden all these baseball artists have come out of the woodworks and kind of go, oh, Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And even for, uh, like, for this show, you know, Tad reached out to me on Instagram. And then, um, like, with Herm, who does all the Mets stuff, yeah. I noticed he wasn't on the list, okay. but he was in the baseball as art show. So I reached out to him on Instagram and I said, hey, Hermione really might be interested in this, ex you know, this fundraiser. And, uh, and sure enough, he joined up. And uh, so that was great. You know, we spoke Vanessa. to him. Yeah, we spoke to him. Yeah, week. I saw that. Love, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy to chat to. Yeah, I think yeah. we're going to get Herman and Ramon together so they can watch a Mets game. That's a great <laughs> idea. And then uh, Anika was surprised because she casually mentioned that she draws all the Giants games because she, she'll she take a scorebook and then lose interest and then just start drawing on it there. Nice. So she was saying she gets up that way. She was going to try to find him because she didn't realize he goes to all the games and draws. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been following on Instagram, especially last year when we had fans in the stadium. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every day I'd, I'd be waiting to see his latest drawing, you know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. cool just to have that diary. So have you, now that you've known there's a hundred artists, has there anyone that you, you found new that just kind of blew your mind that you didn't know was out there? Well, I didn't know uh, Blake's work, which I really like. Um, and there's also like, um, I guess sort of like more of the graphic designers, like creating these amazing posters. Yeah. And uh, which, you know, I have an affinity for, but I wasn't really in that sphere. And then to come across them and to see their work, it's uh, quite impressive. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's been it's been amazing to see everyone's work and kind of yeah. where it's and come across and the breadth of everything. Exactly, such a variety, you know, it's quite amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's interesting because when we did the the Beckett's interview and was listening to the other arts pick who they liked and here and there, and uh, it was interesting to see how they chose that according to what they did or not. So. Mm. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So, John, do you want to ask your question? Because there's, it's almost one o'clock in the morning here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, like I said, I think we can, we can go on for hours, but let's go and wrap this up here. Because uh, I'm going to get yeah. some sleep. John's going to be and up. You know, and I'll just, I'll show you a couple of things just for, so yeah, people yeah, know what's do. on my website. Absolutely. Should I do that now or wait for, yeah. For, yeah. Go ahead and do that now. Yeah. And then we'll, okay. We'll so I did a series of, during the lockdown, I couldn't really get art supplies. So I had some old postcards hanging around. So I started to do some paintings of Blue Jays on postcards. And these are all from photos I took last year when I was at the games. So this is one of a catcher. Very nice, yeah. Reese McGuire, mm -hmm. um, Bichette. Some player, some future ahead of them. Yeah. So these are all yeah, you know, postcard size. Um, Kevin Biggio. Next one. Yeah. So anyway, and I'll just show you one of the, this is a Joe Carter bobblehead painting that I did. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, what I did was I've got about seven or eight bobbleheads. So I figured I would do a portrait of every one kind of almost in a style of more of like a fine art style. Mm 
right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've always been interested in pop art, so it kind of fits well with, uh, you know, a baseball subject, so. Yeah. So are your, are your bobbleheads, are they the proper old school ones made of clay or are they the new version ones? That's a good question. Um, I know you, you, you've been around long enough that you remember the proper bobbleheads were yeah, like yeah. ceramic and if you, yeah. if you drop them, they broke, you were screwed. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Actually, I don't think these are, I'm not sure. Most of them are from, I think the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, everything had changed, but yeah, because I, I remember that I, I had a, a Padres bobblehead. I don't even know how I got it, but that was my prized possession. Even though like the chin was broken, I glued it back up there. <laughs> But they're, they're great because they actually bobble. I mean, the new ones are fine. I'm not opposed yeah. to them. Like, yeah. like, if you can find the real old school ones, like those, yeah. those are a lot of fun. Yeah. Modern bobbleheads tend to kind of bounce rather than bobble. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's way too late for this. Yeah, um, it's getting late for you guys. <laughs> oh, um. Uh, so, David, we always like to close up our interviews uh, with the artists with the same question, um, and that would be, um, as an artist and as a baseball fan, uh, what did the Negro Leagues mean to you? And uh, I want to ask you, as a Canadian, do you feel that you have a, a different perspective on what the Negro Leagues mean in society, uh, growing up in Canada, away from, obviously, uh, the segregated United States? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had, unfortunately, slavery back in way back in the day as well. It didn't last quite as long, thank God. But, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I guess my connection to the Negro Leagues is more through knowing that, you know, Jackie Robinson playing with the Montreal Royals and, and kind of his path. And then I knew of Satchel Paige. But to be honest, I didn't really know um, a lot more about the league. It's only been much more recently maybe in the last five years. And then, you know, being Canadian, I, I learned about Getty Lee giving his baseball collection to the museum, mm -hmm. which was kind of cool. And, uh, and then just through this project, you know, doing more research, watching videos. Um, yeah, it's been a real learning experience for me. And even when I reach out to my friends saying, oh, by the way, I'm in this, uh, this fundraiser, and some of them will say, oh, I didn't even know there was a Negro Leagues or a Negro Leagues Museum, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's a great way to spread the word. Absolutely. You know, and it's a great honor to the, the players that played and the fact of everything they went through and, um, you know, the, their perseverance yes. to go through what they did and create a league and sort of almost say, well, screw you guys. We're going to take our ball and have our own league, you know, mm -hmm. with amazing yeah. players. And then push their way forward, you know, into progress. So, and then having the museum to record all that and just to, as a learning institution, to let everybody know and spread the word. And I mean, even for myself as an artist, you know, I love going to museums. So I still haven't been to Cooperstown, but I want to go there. I want to go to the Negro Leagues Museum, you know? So, yeah. So I was really honored when, uh, when Tad reached out to me, it's a great, uh, it's a great honor to and to be with all these great artists. So, yeah, cool, amazing. Yeah. Now, we're gonna open up back a baseball cards just shortly. Yeah. Um, before we do, would you like to plug your social media presence and your website? Sure. My website is my name, davidholden.com, and in my Instagram is David Holden Painter. Excellent. 
Uh, thanks so much for joining us, David. It's been an absolute oh, pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate um, you guys doing this. We, 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 uh, we don't. It's uh, too late for, for our, uh, <laughs> our, 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 our audience is in bed. I know. Can you watch and all that? So. Uh, we don't have anything at the moment. Um, no. Um, everyone's kind of in the, bed, the, I think. They're watching the football. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Sunday, so yeah, there's a lot of other things going on other than Bogarts and Bikeface today. <laughs> but um, again, thanks so much, David. It's been a blast. Um, we want to get you back on to, to chat in more depth about your memories of baseball. Uh, uh, absolutely. On the episode of Bogarts and Bikeface. Um, Let's, uh, let's, without further ado, Jason, crack a pack and open some cards. All right. Seven packs of cards. You get to choose one. So, okay. So it's the junk era. Like I said, we go. So we got yeah. tops. We've got 89 Donners. 1990 score. 91 Studio. 92 Donners. 92 Pinnacle. And 93 studio, or I can get a pack of modern cards. That's okay. I'll go with the what is it, the 87 tops? Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Jason, right. you know what this means? No. <laughs> I, I, the gum is right here. I have a nice collection of gum. It's oh, it's okay. Out. I'm not going to suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think 87 tops has been the, the crowd favorite by far. Mm. So, uh, well, that's, I figured they're the ones closest to my era, so. So we start off with uh, with an expo, but he's in a wrong uniform. We got Gary Carter. Oh. All-star. That's okay. Yeah, so we at least he had the Montreal connection there. So. Yeah, that's right. We've got the knuckleballer, Tom Candiotti. Yeah, yeah. All right, he's got a good stash there, so. I'm wondering, uh, I'm trying to think if he played for the Blue Jays for a year. I can't remember. Possibly, like I said, a knuckleballer. You can pitch to their sixty. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, he was. I think he was. Him and Charlie Huff were the one knuckleballers. Yeah. Kept going for the Necro Brothers, and then from there, gosh, who was it? Wakefield, and then R. Yeah, Wakefield. He did. No, uh, Tom Candiotti played for the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in 1981. Oh, he did, eh? Yeah. 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 I actually have a. I don't know where it is. Anyway, I have a Necro card here. Film Necro. Yeah, okay, that's fine. All right, we've got a, a Dave Van Olen. I don't know who he is. No. All right. So I've got... Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Juan Benita, with no relation to Bobby Benita. Right. <laughs> uh, nice moustache. Yeah. So he played... I, like the, uh, I like the bright orange uniform, too. Those are my favorite as well. I really yeah. do like the bright orange yeah. one. With the V-necks. Exactly. Sans belt, you know, of course. <laughs> you gotta have that you know I, uh i do love those all right we've got manager card john mcinera oh yeah yep. don't, don't know him was he it was he a, a good manager he won a world series or no, actually he lost the world oh. series <laughs> <laughs> not with boston <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that, that was his fault they wanted buckner on the field to celebrate so they, they normally pulled him off for uh yeah. defensive replacement so do you know i mean yeah. Bill Buckner, these things happen in games. You know, it's like if yeah. there had been any, if there had been anybody other than the Red Sox that that had happened to, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have been replayed on a loop for thirty yeah. years before they won again. It's, I feel so bad for for Bill Buckner and, and for the 
for his family as well. You can imagine what that must have done. Yeah, he got he got yeah. constant attention. Like every October, they would rule the same out, really like the same film. You know, you get your Kirk Gibson home run. You know, yeah. the you know the home run to uh, to left in the seventy six series, and then you've got the you've got the buttoners through the legs, and it's these things have the best players in, in in games every day. But because it happens in a high leverage situation, it's just yeah. And um, who was it? Mitch Williams? Did he give up the home run to Joe Carter? I think he did. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, there has to be a winner in these situations, and sometimes you know the big yeah. way. Like it, it, we just the spans often are overly harsh. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know where that tangent is, uh, <laughs> but it's just um, where were we? McNamara. Right. Yeah, back yeah. to back to the cards. <laughs> So speaking of the Red Sox, we got a Wade Bog All-Star card. Oh, uh, nice. The most uh, conflicting uh, ball player that, uh, that I know of. Uh, I love that guy, despite the fact that he's better. Is, that, is he in a, a Yankees uniform or Boston? He's a Red Sox player. Yeah. Okay. Yep, the, love, love Wade. Don, oops, there you go. Don Aussie. He's got that white uniform on there. So Yeah. I'm glad the Orioles went back to the bird logo. That's, that's he's, rocking a, logo. he's rocking a bit of a history teacher look there, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I remember this guy. This is Dale Morholic because that was just the name stuck out. Hmm. That's really about it. So Mahalik, yeah, I don't call him. Sounds but, Polish yeah. or something, yeah. Well, uh, he doesn't look like he's got a scowl on his face. He doesn't look like he's happy to be there, but. Um, <laughs> He went to Cleveland, Ohio State University. So there we go. Cleveland connection. <laughs> Richard Dodson? No. Sox. I used to have one of those White Sox hats, though. I, I like the White Sox hat. That's still yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Um, They've had some crazy uniforms over the years, man. Yeah. It's... Yep. I like the White Sox just for that. They, they're nice, crazy uniforms. All right. Yeah. Ted Power without the hat. Like I said, he <laughs> think he'd have a <laughs> He's like, I don't need no stinking hat. <laughs> so another key member of the Mets, Wally Backman. Oh, yeah. That's a nice card, actually. Yeah, it's a good-looking card to him sliding there. So Yeah. I'm guessing it's probably Tony Pena back there catching, but that's a, just a wild guess. Yeah. All right. We've got Candy Molinaro. Oh, yeah. He played for the Jays one, during one of the World Series. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right, he he finds traveling an enjoyable experience. Traveling sets on the back of his card. We all <laughs> used to. <laughs> Drinking tea is is fairly is fairly enjoyable. Uh, is his favorite TV show Cheers? No, yeah. no, it doesn't say that there. So, of course uh, it is. Of course it is. No, no, he, it would have been Miami Vice then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got Mike Kruko for the Giants. Oh, so, yeah, I can't remember the name. Yeah, I think he still announces games, if I'm correctly. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's doing the Monster Mash. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, so I've had this debate with my buddy on here. It's Ray Knight. So who's a better athlete, him or his wife? I don't know his wife. His wife was PGA golfer uh, Nancy Lopez. If she's oh, a really? Golfer, she's, well, she's a golfer. She's not an athlete. Wow. She was so, a really good <laughs> golfer. She was a really good golfer. Sport. Golf is not a sport. Even if you're watching, it's controversial. Yeah. And we invented it. So I know. I was going to say, how could you say that if you're Scottish? It's a pastime. It's not a sport. Oh, I see. It's, it's, 
this I, whole it takes a lot of skill, yes, but it's not a sport. It, it's, it's a glor- it's a glorified stroll. That's what it is, and it's it's no nonsense. I don't like golf. Yeah. I don't like golf. Right? I'm here. I'll say it. I don't like it. <laughs> Fuck golf and the horse that rode it. No. This is the controversial part of the podcast. <laughs> I, I like golf. I enjoy golf. <laughs> I, I miss golf. And now I think I, I need to take it back up because I mean, that's five hours away from the wife and kids. And I'll tell you what, Jason, we, uh, you and I need to go play golf together. Yeah, you can. You can sell me on it. You can sell me on golf. I, I have clubs, but I don't play. Yeah, yeah you're going to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I, uh, I quick story, I, I skipped school when I was in primary two, which would be about seven years old. Don't know whether that would be in Canada or the United States, but uh, my dad just decided one morning, like, let's just go play golf instead of school. How about it? Like, because uh, it was a nice day and it was just a kind of, it was the 1980s, so anything yeah. back then. Um, so, so my mum went to school with my little brother, Ross, who's two years younger than me. So uh, he was in the nursery, um, the kind of preschool, which was in the same building in Moss End, primary school, which I was at at the time. Uh, so my mum goes into my primary two class and says to my teacher, John can't make it today, he's, he's not well. And my brother goes, John's fine, he's we playing golf with dad, is he not? And my mum's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally stuck as in it. Um, that, was, that was a story that uh, I remember my mum telling me from back then. <laughs> we'll go golfing. After we're done, we'll definitely go golfing. Sounds like a plan. Man. All right, we got three cards left. We got yeah. Fred Tolliver for the Phillies. Okay, I don't recall him. Yeah, he, he doesn't look very happy to be there. Uh, he bounced around for quite a few years. And we've got the bull, Leon Durham. Oh, yeah. He was a power hitter, power hitter yeah. there. So Yeah. Uh, he was good for about 20 a year, about 90. That's not bad. Is Durham known for bulls? The city of Durham, is it known for I'm assuming that's why they have the name for him. Yeah, because obviously it's Durham Bulls would be the... Just obviously Bull Durham is the, the movie, but like... Yeah. yeah. Cool. And our last card is Greg Brock of the Dodgers. This is California kid. He's got the little uh, palm tree back there. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> funny that his pose is a real old school pose. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a blow you... looking up at there. and like Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that that's something he's asked to do? It looks like it looks like he's probably, he's, he's probably collected cards growing up, and he's been like, "Can I do a can I do a yeah, style? Yeah. You know, can I do like a, an old kind of sixty style pose here?" It's um, a so, great card. That so the best. That's a timeless one. It's a timeless. So, like, keep talking. So the Greg won won himself the free use of a car for a year by uh, hitting a hole in one. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> to bring us back to golf please i'll just i'll just show you this card because you guys have been i've always um i know you've been pulling a lot of griffey jr cards right so anyway here's a griffey senior card nice all right (laughs) all right fantastic and a a bobby bonds card not a barry bonds but a bobby bonds bobby bonds new york yankee i I love that series those cards are so cool i wish i could afford a box of those things is that are they quite expensive now those ones two grand really wow yeah. well yeah. you can buy them cheaper but so uh, there's a whole thing about buying uh, a sealed box 
that's been certified not to be tampered with. Okay. Those go for like four or five times what a box is. So if you see you see a box on eBay, it might go for like 500 bucks, but there's no guarantee that it's not been tampered with or people have tried to have opened the cards up and then resealed the wax and there. So there's actually like companies now that just deal in these sealed boxes and they go, it's never been tampered with. It's in perfect condition. And it, should you want to open it, it will cost you two grand for one of those. Wow. No. So yeah, so it's a, cause everyone wants to say, if you, if you can pull uh, like, was it, it's the George Brett and Robin Yount from that year or the rookie cards. If you can pull a, a gem mint 10 out of those, they go for just crazy money. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Interesting. So yeah, so same thing with me. So I hadn't collected cards since like 2001. And before, and that was like one year I collected cards. And back then it was like 91, 92. And what yeah. now is everyone, it's no longer to say, get that Kangaroo Junior card. It's getting that get Ken Griffey Jr. card that's perfectly centered and everything okay. with it. And so you send it in to get graded and there's a 10 point scale on, on that there. So obviously the higher the number is, the more it is there. And then there's actually like a database. So you can say, okay, how many Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck cards are there that have been graded 10? And they can tell you that there's 4,000 of these in the 10. There's 20,000 in a nine like that there. Right. And it just blew my mind. I had no idea this stuff existed anymore. Yeah. I mean, Wow. For me, it was all about just grabbing the cards and going, cool, it's McGuire, cool. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care. You know, you know, the corner's not bent, so far it means it's in condition. Yeah. Those bastards I mean, have been screwing you guys for your entire childhood. Like, oh, this is, this is great. And then you're like, you don't realize it's Because, you know, oh. as kids, we'd put them in our, our, the spokes in our bikes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or throw it around. What was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was it. Who was telling us about that? They put everything in a bag and they threw it and they picked yeah, up. Yeah, they, they would pay, do lineups and they would get points for the stats and stuff like that. Yeah, we were speaking to someone a few days ago uh, who was saying that. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out there. Anyways, let's call it a night. David, yeah. it's been fantastic talking with you. Uh, we can go on for hours here. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have it on again. And me and John yeah. are talking about putting something together where we all get together for a drink online and you guys can ask us the questions. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you having me on and I really appreciate you, uh, you know, supporting the cause for the Negro Leagues Museum. It's really great. And David, I don't know if you know this, Jason, you do. I'm, I'm, I'm fond of a trivia quiz. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking a big trivia quiz with all the answers, <laughs> uh, uh, potentially down the line. Um, you mentioned the NLBMR, that fundraiser has started as of today. Yeah. It's nlbmr.com uh, where you can find uh, all the information on the fundraiser. You can find information on all the artists and links to uh, all the different pieces. I'm thrilled to be part of this. I'm just a, I'm just a guy in Scotland who happened to look upon baseball as a teenager through video games. Uh, and uh, now here I am with uh, all you amazing artists and, and learning all these stories. And like I've said before, I get a chance to kind of go back in time vicariously and, and live through that experience of growing up going to ball games with you guys and yeah. you know, the whole subculture of collecting cards and and, and just seeing all this amazing art that I, had, I was completely unaware of before. So it's been an absolute pleasure for me. Uh, Great, yes. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, David. Thank you so much for coming on. And we hope to oh, you're you welcome. Guys. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thanks again, guys. Good night, everyone. Go Habs. <laughs> yeah.